Welcome to This Love Works, the podcast that is raising the bar for exceptional relationships. Join psychotherapist Marianne Marlowe as she talks with couples who've mastered the art of healthy, passionate relationships. They explore what makes their real love work and dig into topics featuring cutting-edge research and relationship science. Let's listen in. Hello, this is Marianne Marlowe of This Love Works, and today I would like us to look at the science behind infidelity. Why do people cheat? And I want to just start by saying that if you have been cheated on, this is not your fault. There's nothing about this that is about you or anything that you have caused. So what we're really going to be talking today about is how neuroscience may support behaviors, but neuroscience doesn't cause these behaviors. So let's start to talk a little bit about that. Neuroscience does play an important role in understanding cheating. Some of the behaviors that lead to looking outside of a primary relationship may be informed by dopamine, a hormone that lights up the pleasure centers of the brain and makes us feel happy and excited. This uh, hormone is oftentimes expressed in novelty or newness, and uh, the need for novelty is at its highest in childhood and adolescence, but often lasts into adulthood in varying degrees. And between the ages of 20 and 60 is when this need drops off dramatically. So we humans also have a need for predictability and certainty and security that is found in routine and monogamy that supports the psyche as well. And oxytocin is a bonding hormone that is responsible for, in women, hastening childbirth and strengthening the mother-infant bonding. And in men, it creates higher levels of attraction for their mate and also an unconscious preference for their mate. So while brain chemistry, as I said, may support people in behaviors of cheating, These brain chemicals do not cause it. These hormones do not cause cheating. Many people give themselves permission to justify cheating and infidelity behaviors. And there are many reasons why people cheat that range from a need for something different uh, that they want to experience in a relationship that may have grown dull or cold to a lack of self-esteem, to a need for something that is a little bit novel or different from what they have in their relationship. So once there is infidelity, which can range in anything uh, from what is sometimes called a uh, an emotional affair all the way up through um, having a, an experience, a sexual experience with someone outside of the relationship. So here are three things that must happen as you deal as a couple with the affair. The very first thing is that you both need to decide that the primary relationship is the one that you will focus on. It is a decision. 
And without the full acknowledgement and ongoing commitment, most relationships have no trajectory for healing because the fear that is activated that comes up in an affair must be dealt with in a real and consistent way. Otherwise, trust will not be able to be reclaimed. And in order to create trust, safety, and security, measures must be taken to ensure that the nervous system has security. And that means that you have to ensure your person's needs are being met, including those about hearing what happened in the affair. Now, not every therapist agrees with me about this. However, in my experience, what I have noted is that when people don't know or think they know the truth about the affair, their brains will make up an answer and fill in the gaps. And it is often far worse than the truth. And this is a difficult and often painful part of the process in overcoming an affair, but it can be done. The second thing that's very, very critical is to engage help. Most couples don't understand the patterns that both of them have experienced that have led up to certain conditions before the affair. And what that means is that paying attention to the relationship patterns is very, very important for determining what needs to be done differently. What it doesn't mean is that the affair is the fault of the person who has been victimized by it. When both parties in the relationship can instead take responsibility for repair, healing happens more quickly and efficiently. Now, what's really important to note is that the person who has caused the pain in the affair must take the lead on that responsibility for repair. That person is, is the person that has to make apology, make apology frequently, and make sincere effort to assure and reassure their partner that things are well and that trust and trustworthiness can be restored. And that has to happen with consistency over time. The third thing that has to happen is to create realistic expectations and to be kind to yourself and your partner. The process of repair from an affair or infidelity will likely take at least a year. And that's when the commitments are clear at the outset and both parties are ready to do the work for healing. Because you see, betrayal causes PTSD in the brain and the nervous system needs consistent positive messages and reassurance over time to heal. And some of that apology needs to happen frequently. Healing from infidelity can be done, but it, it takes sincere effort, willingness, and openness and a lot of hard work to recreate an, a relationship. The good news is that once the things that the patterns in the relationship can be addressed, the patterns that were taking place before the affair can be addressed, you can have an even more open, true, and intimate relationship with your partner 
that can create even more security. Remember, when you take those steps, your love will work. Please see the resources for healing affairs on my website, www.thisloveworks.com. I look forward to seeing you very soon. This is Marianne Marlowe of This Love Works.